Hey Guild members, we hope you are finding some time to relax and play this summer. Welcome to our first of several minisodes for GLG's second installment of Summer Pop Culture Playground, where you get the benefits of checking out a little for the summer while still having the opportunity to check in on fun, relevant topics in a game we like to call Six Degrees of Education. You're right, it's back. Today, we unpack the connections between what we know about education, leadership, and learning, and one of Disney's recent films, Encanto, where La Familia Madrigal drops earworm after musical earworm. Just when you thought we all finally were at a point where we stopped talking about Bruno, we couldn't resist. So welcome back to the Summer Pop Culture Playground. We are so jazzed to be coming back again and bringing you some of this fun, lightweight content to your ears this summer. This is what we do during summertime and during breaks when teachers are looking to disconnect and relax and keep things chill. We still like to pop in here and there and bring you some light, entertaining content, make some connections to the world of education and learning, but keep it firmly planted with one of our feet in the world of pop culture, movies, music, shows, just for some enjoyment listening. And in an effort to bring the light and the fun and the creativity, we also like to include a little bit of structure. So to do that, we play a game that we like to call Six Degrees of Education, where we make those connections to those pop culture things, music, movies, today's is a movie, and we see how we can relate it to teaching, learning, leadership, and collaboration. That's right, Casey. And we have to have our norms because that's going to keep us on track. Otherwise, we go off the rails at times. So here are two norms. First one is spoilers will follow. We hope you've seen it. If you haven't seen Encanto, you might want to pause this and go watch it ahead of time. And then our second norm has to do with the time limit because otherwise we just keep chattering. We have 20 minutes trying to do this under 20 minutes is a challenge for us that we like to try and do. All right, so let's kick us off talking about Encanto, which my daughter has watched probably a thousand times. Casey, for those who are not as well acquainted with it as my daughter, could you take us through it? As long as y'all help me fill in the details, because true talk, I have only seen it once. I am the mother of two boys, and unless it has a monster truck, a dinosaur, or Daniel Tiger, best if it's all three, that's the only time (laughs) I get to watch anything with my kids. So in Encanto, we have a family who seeks refuge in this place called the Encanto in the middle of the mountains in Colombia. And given the trauma that they, as a generational family, experienced each child who is born in this house, they have a magical gift until one day one of the children is not bestowed with a gift. And we find out later that something is not right in the Madrigal family. The house seems to be fracturing, and so the story is all about Mirabelle, the child who did not have a gift bestowed upon her, trying to help her family and try to make a difference. Dang, that was actually really good for somebody who has seen it under a thousand times, probably even under ten times, because you are spot on with that. I don't really have much to add. Google! All right, so we're going to actually do this a little bit differently. Normally, we just kind of pick random connections and random characters, but it seemed just too perfect that there were six songs in this musical movie, and instead of going through just random stuff six times, instead we're going to take each six songs and make a connection, and we'll do it in order. So we're going to go with the song that opens the movie, La Familia Madrigal. I say Emily goes first. (laughs) Ditto. All right, continued shout-outs to my daughter, Audrey. So La Familia Madrigal, is to me the idea of recognizing roles 
I think of the idea that when you're trying to embrace your team and learn your team and just look at what you have in front of you. In this, Mirabelle goes through the town and the town almost is like viewer proxy where she's going through the town and introducing everybody to a little bit of her family history and every member of her family, powered or not, and just tries to help everybody get to know not just who they are, but what they're capable of doing so that we're able to clarify roles. So are you talking teams, the importance of roles and teams? Yeah. yeah. And it seems, as Casey mentioned in her apt summary of the movie, that Mirabelle herself does not have, quote unquote, a gift given to her, or it's not as obvious as the other ones are. But what you do see about her role, even in that opening song, is her importance and her overall scope of who she touches in service or in servitude. She's constantly followed by all of the townspeople's children asking her questions, and she has something to give and offer them. She's there serving her family and although there's some frustrations in the song where it looks like she's constantly putting herself to work you can see that already trying not to be too much of a spoiler but you already see her starting to live up to the gift that is a little more abstract that you find towards the end of the movie i'm gonna go a little bit rudimentary and repeatedly throughout the lyrics she said welcome to the family madrigal right it's a sense of belonging like feeling a part of something I mean this may tie into Emily your connection earlier but there are threads and connections throughout this community everyone feels a sense of belonging to this group although it's a little bit of a weighted sense of belonging out of duty and responsibility and not exactly because I feel seen for who I am it's I feel seen for what I give. Yeah, that's really interesting. We talk so much about service leadership and how important it is. And I think it is incredibly crucial to have leaders who are willing to be service leaders. And we talked about that in our redemptive leadership episode a little bit. But that's just interesting to me that in this part, the expectation of service nonstop is is almost like part of their mission. And like, Mm -hmm. if you think about the part that Abuela sings in that song, she's like, you know, we always help the town, basically. Mm -hmm. That's what all of us do. And they shot, shot, shot to different Madrigal kids, like, doing something for the town like even Camilo's like babysitting children by shape-shifting like it's awesome Mm -hmm. but at the same time like that's what all of them are doing even Mirabelle and here's my 2.0 connection here is just the shape-shifting teachers have to do and roles they have to fit in in order to serve the community there you go Mm -hmm. all right so moving on from that we're gonna uh, bang right into the next one since we're starting to toe that line anyways the second song that plays in the movie is in a confrontation with older sister Louisa and Mirabelle and it, it results in the song surface pressure I noticed two things in that song. One of the things I noticed is through all of the visual manifestations that happen throughout Louisa's singing of that song, pretty much everything that she's doing is a situation where she has to rescue Mirabelle. So if you notice, like, she's catching her from going off cliffs and she's, like, protecting her from, like, three-headed dogs and, like, keeping her from, like, being thrown into icebergs and volcanoes and, like, crazy stuff, it seems like that point where your fight or flight is so triggered by your surroundings or your your ongoing situation where there's a habit that needs to break. And Louisa's main habit, if you notice early in the movie, is just saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. I'm on it. Or just doing the thing right away without even saying something. She doesn't even pause to think about if something that she's asked to do is something that she wants to do. And this repetitive habit, I think, leads her to be in this position where... Again, I, I'm not the brain scientist in this group. What is it? The amygdala, like the mm-hmm. part of the brain where your, yeah. your fight or flight kicks your in is brain. like just constantly activated for her. And she feels like she's perpetually fighting because 
she doesn't even have this mental wherewithal to say no. And it seems to me like she's going to have to do a little bit of homework going forward, where Mm -hmm. if she wants to take on less, she's going to need to say no more. And case in point, Casey, she's the one who cries in the corner most of anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny, you still have yet to go, but something that I'm thinking about, unlike the previous song, Familia Madrigal, and our next song, this one is is a solo. There's mm-hmm. no other character involvement. However, although it's a solo, Mirabelle is with her. Some of the best practices that you can do when someone is experiencing that sense of overwhelm is to sit and be present with that person. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you got this. I'm not going to tell you, you're the strongest person I know. It's, I'm just going to sit here and be with you until this experience passes we learned recently that it takes when that emotional brain turns on it takes between 20 and 30 minutes for the brain to return back to its logical state and so in a moment just like Mirabelle is with although she is getting into trouble as Louisa is singing this song she's at least present with her being that voice to listen to her as she's going through it I love that. And I will say, just keep her in the norms. I'll go quick so we can keep moving on through this. But the one thing that I know the song is called Surface Pressure, but I also think of the the concept of surface tension. And I think that with her, Louisa, in this case, there's a little bit of she really loves her role. And she's also burdened by it. And I think that that's a very interesting place we find ourselves in as professionals a lot. We love our roles. And then we find some pressure or that burden of some of the weight that's put on us from the work that we have to do. And you have to live in that surface tension to find a healthy balance that we're all talking about here. Yeah, so much psychology there. Mm -hmm. All right. On to the banger of the mix, at least in my kids' opinion. And (laughs) And maybe the whole world. (laughs) Oh, dear God. It was in my head for like months at a time. Seriously, you could ask any of my colleagues. I was nonstop singing it. It was all over. Anyways, the song in question is We Don't Talk About Bruno. No, no, no. Oh, so good. I have one. You've got one. All right. Keep keep going. It'll be quick. And it ties into learning. Story is one of the best ways to get things to stick into people's minds. And that song is entirely a story recounting of, of family lore and the family experience. Oh, that's good. Which Ooh. is is where I'm going to leave it. I Stories like that direction. stick. Story sticks. It was my wedding day. <laughs> you know. Oh, our so. wedding yeah, day. new hashtag. Yeah. Story stick. Yep. Yep. <laughs> story stick. I like it. I'm going to go a slightly different direction here, but that's always fun when we do that. I always see this one as almost being like a rehash of the misunderstood dirty word. It replaced mm-hmm. the word Bruno with data. Think about mm-hmm. that episode. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you're tired of hearing about something and you don't want to talk about it anymore, sometimes it just seems easier to just say, okay, no, ugh, I hate it when you say that word and just completely shut down, put it out of your life and not talk about it anymore and not really make any effort to understand it yet. If you pay attention to the way that the different Madrigal family members talk about Bruno, if you listen to Dolores's verse, she notices that he's, mm-hmm. that Bruno, and she's, by the way, the only one who speaks about him in um, present tense also, mm-hmm. uh, but she talks about him as being burdened and, you know, what a heavy gift and, like, how hard it is for him. And it's like, she's trying to kind of, like, toe the line and say, well, I, I kind of do want to talk about Bruno, but we don't talk about Bruno. She's sort of yeah. towing the line. She wants to talk about him. Mirabelle wants to talk about him. Everybody else is like, we're not talking about this thing. 
it just seems to me like where the dirty words go in the pre-understanding phase before everybody can really understand what it, what something like data can do for a system or for you as a professional. It's like that. Nobody really understands Bruno's gift until they really mm-hmm. do. Well, first of all, Emily, I had no idea that she was the one that is the only one that talks about him in the present tense. I have to go back and watch that now. Nice little little tidbit there. But the one thing for me is in thinking about, I've done a little bit of studying up on organizational trauma, as well as, I mean, even just personal trauma, but I'll go with the organizational piece. And a lot of times it's easier or people tend to drift towards ignoring something or in hoping it goes away versus addressing it and thinking of it in a recovery sense. And so when you are in a system, or in this case, the family madrigal that has some trauma there, they're trying to cover things up by not talking about it. However, it isn't until they start talking about it and Mirabelle is really pushing a little bit. And and yeah, it kind of opens some wounds or it picks at a scab that maybe people don't want to. But that's when the true recovery comes and the real healing can happen. Absolutely. And yeah, go listen to that song a hundred more times because it's just so much fun to sing. And especially the part at the end where everybody's just going around and singing their parts. It's super yeah. fun. All right. Next one we have is a bit of a breakthrough moment for Mirabelle and her older sister, Isabella, who prior to this point in the movie do not get along when Isabella experiences a change in her powers and it leads to the song, What Else Can I Do? So what connections can we make there? I am thinking about less about the lyrics and more so about the visual elements to that song and really how she's first making perfection happen with all of these beautiful flowers. And then it turns to the cactus type cacti flora. And I just think that when we are so closely hoping for perfection or we're thinking about being perfect, we can't be our true authentic selves Mm -hmm. and the importance of embracing everything. And then when she was able to embrace who she was and her identity, she was able to truly live into her purpose and calling. I think about that picture, that graphic of the iceberg. You know, you see just what's on the surface and then all of the dimension, all of the layering that's below. I know, wrong song. I know surface pressure. But I think it works here in this case because in the lyrics she references, I can do all of this, but really I'm so much more than what you can see Mm -hmm. and what I can create and what I have been expected to create. That ties back into that personal identity, personal culture. There's so much more to it than just what we are outwardly able to see in our students and our colleagues. I see what else can I do as being almost like a really good coaching session through Mm. song. Like I see Mirabelle almost like coaching Isabella through this realization about her powers. And once Isabella gets that light bulb moment that everything she makes doesn't have to be a pretty flower but that the things that she makes that are asymmetrical or spiky or weird looking are still beautiful and cool really changes her outlook on what she's doing and helps her realize what she wants. I think a really good coaching session isn't the coach talking. That conversation goes terribly when Mirabelle is talking. When Mirabelle stops talking and lets Isabella work through some stuff, And like you said earlier with Luisa, stays present with her and works with Mm -hmm. her. And in a really key moment, she's like, I thought you were this way. Mm -hmm. Now I think you're this way. And this is awesome. Keep Mm -hmm. going. And then through that part, when she's exploring all the new powers, you keep hearing her like, go, grow, keep going. Like she just keeps like cheering her on. And to me, that's just that, that beautiful moment in coaching when you get that connection with somebody they realize that thing that they're capable of and you see sparks 
And then you as the coach all of a sudden move into the role of cheerleader and you're happy to do it. Mirabelle's happy to do it. She's not getting the moment that she came in there for for them to to hug it out or whatever but she eventually gets it but that's not what she's trying to she's not doing that like end oriented way of thinking all she's doing is cheering on the person that she's coaching her sister and trying to help her become her best self on her own terms and to me that I see a lot of coaching in that so good I had not even thought of that and now I can't I can't unsee it sorry (laughs) All right, so we're getting past the scary, climactic point of the movie, and then we have this just gorgeous musical number, all in Spanish. Jenny, you are the superstar of this round, I'm sure. Dos orujitas, orujitas? Orujitas. Orujitas. Okay, Mm -hmm. dos orujitas. And for those of you that don't speak Spanish or hadn't realized, that's the caterpillars, and you can go to the natural sense of what a caterpillar will transform into after a lot of trial and tribulation, but I just think that this song is so beautiful, and I... I don't know how well I will do with the connection piece, but I can just pull out certain lyrics from the song that I think are just so beautiful. It starts out with oruguitas, desorientadas, so they're like just disoriented and, and having trouble, and tiempo sigue cambiar, which means time just keeps on changing. And another piece, construir tu propio futuro. You can you can construct and build your own future. And adelante seguirás, like it will just keep coming at you. And so I think a lot of times we feel this way when life just keeps coming at you. And this is something that is happening to this family. And I have a feeling, Emily, I think I know where you're going to go with your connection. So I don't want to take it all the way there until you get there. But I just think that there is... There's this beauty in struggle that we, and and this is a theme I feel like all my connections are kind of leading to with this particular episode, but probably the idea of what the creators of this movie were getting at, but embracing that, embracing the beauty in the pain or beauty in the trials, as well as the trauma to help you move into your calling. Again, we talk about what Mirabelle doesn't have a gift, but yet she does. You just don't know it until you get to the end of the movie. That's so appropriate. And I I am going to drive it home. I think what you're probably assuming I was going to say, I'm going to say, and it's the two words, systemic trauma. Mm -hmm. So I think Casey brought it up in the overall description of the movie that Casa Madrigal's matriarch, Abuela Alma, had this terrible trauma in losing her husband. And from that came this miracle and then immediately she was kind of supposed to like keep going with these triplet babies all by herself after having seen and witnessed this horrible, horrible thing and like lost literally the love of her life. Like she's supposed to kind of keep going and just find a way to do it. And the the place that she finds to keep going is sort of in this very rigid, we have to earn this miracle instead of looking at it like a gift. Mm-hmm. So this is the hard part about systemic trauma is I think a lot of us go to that place of rigidity. We have to go back to how it was before the trauma or we have to change this in this way and everybody has to do it the exact same way, not really realizing that human beings that make up a a human-driven system are going to process trauma in many different ways, first of all. And second of all, what she realizes is that through her rigidity, she missed opportunities to really see people for who they were and have these moments to connect with her family as a family and realize that the miracle that was given to them was not something that they had to earn or that was even earned 
but that this was a, a gift made made in sacrifice from the loss of her husband. And we can take a, any type of gift that we get, even something as simple as a second chance after systemic trauma, and while still facing forward and honoring our losses and looking at each individual within the system as a important and valued voice, we can move forward from, from systemic trauma, but it needs to be done really carefully or people misunderstand each other. So my connection, I'm going to, again, be brief with it, but there's something powerful linguistically and placement-wise about that song. It is entirely in a completely different language, but Mm -hmm. yet it is still able to convey, through the power of picture and visuals, an amazing story that recounts, like Emily, you were saying, that generational trauma. It transcends language. Ooh, I like that. So so trauma is a human reality and we're able to experience it, but also just as a snapshot moment in time celebrating linguistic diversity in American film. That's awesome. All right, sticking to Jenny's norms here, which we are doing a middling job at as per usual. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to speed around the last one. It's a pretty quick song that bangs through a lot of stuff anyway. So All of You is what they call the last song where they are rebuilding the Madrigal. Casita. So connections, quick ones. Collective efficacy. Like not only only the belief in yourself and the belief in positive momentum and change, but working together and collaborating together to accomplish impactful, meaningful goal. As teachers, we know it's the highest marker for student growth. I love that. I'm going to actually just make mine a little bit different, but power of an effective apology. Mm. This is another one of those redemptive leadership moments. Mm -hmm. Alma actively and truly apologizes to every member of her family in that song and the healing begins. And mine goes along the lines of my mind was just ripped wide open with Emily talking about the connection Mm -hmm. to coaching. And I'm just thinking again, now here, Mirabelle comes into her own and she is the catalyst for this process of their family coming together and seeing that collective efficacy that Casey Mm -hmm. is talking about. And so her gift is really being the glue that binds that family together and brings them together through her service of others and her approach to being selfless and caring about her family and all of those characteristics and qualities make up a really good coach so there I, I never thought of Mirabelle as a coach but mm-hmm. heck yeah I'm leaning into that coach Mirabelle and, I, and the one more thing I have to say about all of your points about collective efficacy yeah. I really really love that but I just felt like I needed to be a contrarian for <laughs> at all. Um, love it. but I love in that song also that their community gets involved and they take service from their community mm-hmm. not just give it to others yeah. it's not the madrigals and their community really go full circle love that. with who serves who and the fact that everybody needs help sometimes Mm -hmm. I just love it so much okay so again we're sticking to norms here ish and we're gonna (laughs) jump into (laughs) I mean all right but it is quickity quick game time here so like a couple of bunnies we're gonna play a quick little question game so this game is actually something I have probably used as icebreakers in Mm -hmm. different circles a lot and it's one of my favorite getting to know you questions to ask anybody Uh, and it is what is your most useless superpower none of us are at madrigal levels of anything But everybody can do something a little bit better than everybody else. And it's probably not going to be the thing that's going to change the world or even their community. But what is that thing for you? I'm going to go with my most useless, but also maybe it's useful. My superpower is I'm really fast. (laughs) 
<laughs> when it comes to all things Google and all things technology. So. That's so true, but it's not useless. Yeah. I know. Man, I've benefited no. from your speed so many times more than I can count. <laughs> I am not paying attention to the directions on the assignment tonight. <laughs> I do remember going through our grad school program together, and there were often times where Casey would be like, yeah, I was like 17 steps ahead. Can you tell me what the directions were? <laughs> We're, for most of the world who's never had the pleasure of sharing a Google Doc or a Google Slide Deck with Casey Veach, you'll be like, oh, we need to change the... And Already done. Before <laughs> the sentence is out of your mouth, the thing is done. That's how Casey works. So, so yeah, not, not useless. useless, but superpower nonetheless. Totally. Mine is way less useful to the collective, but I always know the movie quote. Yes. You yes. say the movie quote, I know what it's from. Mm-hmm. That is my most useless mm-hmm. superpower. You can totally relate it. to dudes really well. Mm-hmm. I've, really? I've noticed. <laughs> yes, because you could, I can't relate to Leo when he throws out movie <laughs> quotes, but you do a really good job at that. Oh, and man, not I so useless. Also, all day. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brings humor. So mine is, I used to be really good, and then I had kids, and my brain is compartmentalized so much that I don't do this as well as I used to, but I know dates. Like, Mm -hmm. I I remember dates from 20 years ago. I can be like, on this day 20 years ago, this is what I was doing. I know Casey's giving me this look like, how do you do that? How do you do that? I don't even know. I'll text my friend like, happy 16th friendiversary when we first spent this time at this place for the very first time on a random Tuesday. I don't know how I do it. Just where my brain is, but I'm not remembering dates in this current season of my life as well as some of my past dates. I mean, who among us hasn't had our brains turned to total mush when we had children? Yeah. But. yeah. yeah. All right. In an effort to, because rule follower, I want to try to do my assignment again. <laughs> Useless superpower, superpower for Casey is probably the ability to create random songs out of pre-existing songs. So that was like yes. a you, um, whose line is it anyway game where they'd have to make up song lyrics. Oh, yeah. I take pre-existing I song lyrics. You are the Wayne Brady of I the am. world. Of your <laughs> world. I love it. Nice Did reference. you know Ooh. my tank's at zero? <laughs> <laughs> there you it. go. Redid it. And that's it for another GLG mini-sode, Six Degrees of Education. A sincere thank you for joining us on this journey as we continue to advocate for adult learners and aim to contribute to this community with genuine conversations about education, leadership, and topics that matter to you. If you'd like to connect, you can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter, at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie, using the hashtag GLGPodChat. As usual, feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't yet already or are finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review? It helps us to improve our work, allows us to bring you quality and customized content, and assists others in finding our guild as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. That way, you'll be notified with a reminder when our newest episodes drop. Thanks again for joining us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, on this mini-sode of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the next Guild meeting. And even though it's summer, do your best to stay grounded.